Well, hey. <laughs> hey, you. Welcome to Bonehead. Hold on. Uh, Somebody's got the giggles. I don't really have the giggle. The, 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 the. I so love. gave me the COVID break. No, Joe can't. Joe can't see it on Ariane James. I don't know if you did. But right when he said, I don't got. Yeah, it paused. It paused. And it was. <laughs> Yeah, and I was looking down with my COVID brain. I'm like, <laughs> and Chad what? gave me the COVID brain through the internet. I've seen the brain scans. Oh, oh, by the way, oh. by the way turns out someone told me he had a drinking problem. To our listeners, I don't have COVID, I just got the second round of vaccine this morning, and I am literally pooped. He's pooped because the government James, is I need you tracking to come his with ass, and he's been all over town. And the <laughs> government tracker uses electricity from his body, and it sucks <laughs> him dry. That's the reason why you all are tired after getting the shot. Don't take it, um, James. I really am pooped. Can you come? Can you come over here with the hose, please? Uh, I mean, we're talking about the water hose, right? Yeah, that's the ticket. <laughs> You're gonna I mean, have to hose out all that poop. I need an adult. Um, I ain't gonna find one here, but I need one. Oops, well, backwards is blue. M O N. So this episode is about Star Trek. Now, gentlemen, we've done Star Trek before. What, are, what in the wide, wide world of sports are we doing here again? Well, you know, Joe, it turned out that a lot of people liked this Star Trek thing, and that huh. they decided and they don't that watch the show. And they don't and, watch the show. That's, hey, that's got hey, up there. Every, Every time we do a Star Trek episode, we get pretty good numbers. If for us. Trying, yeah. Well, I mean, for us. Yeah. I mean, we ain't doing we ain't doing Paramount Plus numbers yet. No. Unless Paramount Plus wants to air us. Come on, money. Anyway. What was what was what where, where, where did Green Acres take place at? What was the name of it? Oh, uh, they it was had in Wisconsin own, somewhere, right? They had yeah, their what's own the name spin-off. of the town? It was um Well, Green Acres was the spin-off to Petticoat Junction. Ha! <laughs> Petticoat, yeah, Petticoat Junction. Junction. So Cause, now cause that we have that encompassed universe, Petticoat Junction, all 42 people. That universe is, but it also includes the uh, Beverly Hillbillies because they all crossed over at different times. Yeah. Uh, you uh, see, Mr. Haney. Uh, anyway. Hooterville? Hooterville. Yeah, Hooterville. Yeah. Yeah, all those shows were canceled when they decided that. Uh, By the way, that's City- misleading. What do you all think about that? A little bit. It was a little bit misleading. I don't. I did. I've never checked the owl level of a town. Before. Yeah, that's exactly what I meant by that. <laughs> I, I just assumed that you were not being. Uh, Anybody at else all have to suffer through PJ Mask? Uh, yes. No. No. PJ Mask. Where the PJ, PJ mask. mask? Oh my God! He rolls around singing it, Chad. I. Uh, Haley and Abby sing it. Yes. Okay. PJ so the mask. owl boy. I keep calling him owl girl. Whatever her name is. I keep calling her moist talent. He gets mad at me. But anyway, Owlette's automobile flying thing is straight out of Al's uh, flying thing out of the Watchmen. It's almost a direct ripoff. Oh, yeah. That's all I want to say. You know what I about think? Star Trek here. By the you way, know what I, I think about your entire Owlette or whatever conversation? Moist Talette. You know what, Joe? I just don't give a hoot. And by the way, I know we're talking about Star Herville. Trek. But does anybody know what the zip code for Green Acres was for Hooterville? 666. 40516. Really? Yep. So that sounds like somebody else's zip code. Yeah. And it's one off from my zip code. And not too far from mine. James, how far of it is it? It's only one off from mine. 
It's one off for mine as well. So you and I have the same zip code, right? No. We don't? We don't. I did not know that. Different directions. I believe yours ends in one numeral, and mine ends in the numeral two above that, which is one above. See, I've given away our zip code. And apparently, like like Springfield, they actually never say what the state of Hooterville, what Hooter, what state Hooterville resides. The state of Hooterville is in. It's a state of chaos. That's a good. That's just as good as anything else I could. So, welcome to our Green Acres Acres episode. Who wants (laughs) to talk about this? Green Acres. It's the place to be. Farm living. living is the life for me. Well, I tell you, the kids out there they 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 love the Green Acres. Oh, you they find it very it. sus. <laughs> oh, you get them started on it, and they just won't they won't quit. <laughs> that Arnold is sick. <laughs> All right, I'll stop. These are jokes that we were making at one another before we started here. So, what we're talking about is Star Trek. Andy, Discovery. get away from my Sergeant Rock. What? Good girl. Did he say Andy get away from Sergeant Rock? <laughs> and get away from a Sergeant Rock. <laughs> He's twice the man. B referred to her woman parts as Sergeant Rock. <laughs> my puppy dog just tried to lick mine, my, my old puppy comic parts? books. No, <laughs> oh, it's better than your puppy parts. Can we talk about uh um, She's a good baby? Are you talking about the dog? Hey, <laughs> bye bye. My he was getting his his sergeant rock so <laughs> back to star trek discovery yeah let's get on that instead of getting on your sergeant rock said well, no one ever i'm so, sure so, someone said it so no, i'll i'll start it. this uh, yeah as, so, as so discovery Jay, so why do people hate it can i before you even get started why do why do start why do your kind hate it I don't know. Well, I know. And I'll be honest with you. I didn't. So I, uh, sorry, James, I don't mean to cut you off. No, yes, he did. But yeah, who the hell did. am I? Yeah, he did. But I don't I go don't in know. with any. Oh, Glenn's Jack, favorite, by the way. By the way, Glenn said in a message the other day, James is his favorite to me. And I'm the only one on the message. So, you know, it's got to be true. Here, here. I'm like the Charles in charge of Bonehead. Cut me deep, Glenn. Just say? Well, he says James does the funny, obscure shit that no one else gets. And I can't Lee argue with that. Van Cleef Kung Fu movie. Chad, go. What, no, so- it's just, I, I've been watching Discovery. Yeah. And I really enjoy it. And I didn't know of any of the hate. I just, I've been watching it with no kind of idea of what people thought of it. And you all talking about people, fans hating it, it's kind of shocking to me because I genuinely love star trek discovery i genuinely really like it I, I, yeah you know what i love some episodes i tell you i really yeah. like the first i did not like the pilot the first episode was boring to me but after i got into that uh jason isaac's character james lorca captain lorca. I, my face still out of I'm, I'm working on the third season right now and we're going to finish this up as chad and i finish the third season hopefully in the next few days we're going to do a two-parter still my favorite character at least my well can we talk about spoilers? Well, I mean, I, I don't think it's we been on do... for a few years. Well, let's not do spoilers this episode. We'll talk about the entire gestalt of the show next, okay. next episode. But so I love some our... of the characters. I, well, and that's the thing. I, I, I think that's also why it gets hate, though. Why? It's because it actually um, has drama. Yes. Characters disagree. 
And if you look back, that was one of the things, and the Roddenberry purist will say, and I think it's even mentioned in Panic on the Bridge, which is funny because there was nothing but chaos on around the set. Uh, chaos around the making of that show, The Next Generation. But one of Roddenberry's rules were that by the time of The Next Generation, everybody would get along. It would be the Federation would be encountering problems, but there would not be problems in the Federation. Matter of fact, some of the better episodes of The Next Generation, such as the Conspiracy episode, Roddenberry didn't necessarily like it got turned down I don't know if anybody knows this but it was no, turned down because it was it was too controversial he said no this would imply there's problems with the Federation the Federation has to there can't be problems with the Federation and Deep Space Nine gave us a little bit of that where you had the Maquis break the people that broke away and formed the Maquis in section 39 is 31 uh that's what I said and all that stuff but one of the big things that a lot of people hate was that you know Discovery kicks off in that pilot, in the one of the first couple episodes, the the main protagonist we follow for the few episodes, and I would argue really the protagonist of the series, so it does do a much better job as it goes along with being the entire cast. Uh, Michael Burnham yeah. is, 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 I mean, I guess this is a mild spoiler if you haven't seen any of it, but she's a war criminal at one point. She's in prison. She's in prison. Yeah, yeah she is not a good person. <laughs> Oh, well, well, in the eyes of the Federation. In, in the, the eyes of the Federation, yeah. I, she's and she's also not my favorite character by by long. No, but I think I think she is a fascinating character as they go to explore her further. And I think the things that I will say, the people who seem to have a problem with the show, and, and the legitimate problems that people have, quote unquote, legitimate that I can at least say, well, I see where you're coming from, are one thing. But there's a lot of people that says, well, this isn't Roddenberry's original vision. Well, no, because it does have, I mean, there is an entire scene in that, what, in one of the first two episodes where she, well, I guess it's in the first episode, she attacks her own captain. Yes. Mm-hmm. She does, I mean, and so the people were like, well, that, no, that's, to me, I don't have a problem with it because I think it's one of the things. The other thing that made a lot of people upset is it's set during the timeline of the original series, actually 10 years before Captain Kirk. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then, and so a lot of people are like, oh, it's going to be like Enterprise. So you had the people that were diehard Enterprise fans saying, oh, it'll be like Enterprise. And it's not. And I, by the way, I love Enterprise. <laughs> yeah. And can we just go ahead real quick and say Enterprise is the one we all agree Enterprise is, that's the one that everyone hates that I don't understand either. Yeah. I don't, well, and I, I think it's I didn't one of the shows care now. for it at first. And then I started watching it. And I actually, I love almost every character on that show. Yes. Whereas there are other Star Trek episodes, other series, I cannot say that about. I don't say. I don't even think. I don't think that about the Next Generation. No, but no. Enterprise, I love all. Damn, I, is there a bad yeah. character on Enterprise, Chad? Uh, I'm asking Chad because we're we've all seen. Are, have we all three seen almost every episode of Star Trek up until the new? Season? I'm I'm oh, sure yes. at least even my my. Even I've the, seen every single episode of Star Trek. Um, and the I, only thing the, the I am missing some of the, a few of the animated episodes. That is I, what I, I am I missing. I have burned through those too. I saw it. James, you told me once that I've actually seen more Star Trek than some Trekkies. Because yeah, well, Trekkies, because there are a lot of Trekkers. Trekkies that, that stopped. Well, and by the way, I still use Trekkies because that's what it was when I was growing I got, up. And well, I, I cling to my name. Anyway. Uh, number two, cor- number one corrected me. Um, now, Number one, I mean, who's number one? Who is very nice. He's the nicest guy. So I, I, I did. If not he, hold on, let me let me be even more obscure. If it ain't Majel Barrett, number one, I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Anyway, and by the way, there's four Cage fans out there screaming, yeah, right now. <laughs> anyway, um, but I think that's the problem that a lot of people had was it again, we're, we're going we're going back in time, and, and I guess this is technically a spoiler, but that eventually got fixed as well. Because it didn't um, make any sense in the timeline of how advanced that technology was. Well, and, and the things they did to address that, that I actually, I liked, and I think it goes back to, you have to be an Uber fan to note some of the stuff because there's that one throwaway line where um i guess spoilers i guess i am gonna have to we, we're gonna have to have spoilers yeah. okay if, if you if where you, if, pike comes in because pike was the captain of the enterprise spoiler in season two mm-hmm. that's going to be the character you're going to follow at least in part and if you know anything about the star trek mythos captain pike's story doesn't exactly end thumbs up and it plays around with that. Now, but he gets to hang out with Rebecca Romaine in space, and I'm jealous. And that's, by the way, for those obscure fans, that's, that is Majel Barrett part two. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. I'm um, jealous of both of them, but uh, mainly Rebecca Romaine. And so the, 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 the other side of that then is that he is actually, for a starship captain, he's a technophobe. And if and, and by the way, that's a well planned thing because he has the entire thing. I want the I want the three dimensional view screens disabled. I hate those things. I want two dimensional. I want it to be a view screen. I don't like. And if you go back and watch the cage, he won't even use the digital pads. Mm. They hand him a clipboard, an old Earth style clipboard in the cage. It is not even the pads like Captain Kirk used in this. You know, and, and so. I say all that to say there's a lot of little Easter eggs planted there, and there's some obvious ones too, like where uh, there's an episode where Saru asked to be compared to the best captains, and the names are April, Pike, um, I forget the other ones, but they're all they're all names that Star Trek fans would know. Decker, yeah. I think, is on there. Mm-hmm. And and so I say all that to say I think that the big problem a lot of people have, well, not a lot of people, I think there's some people that just have biases that impact their ability to enjoy the show and i hate to say that about people who claim to be star trek fans but there's some people that are upset that it is frontlined by a strong african-american character you uh, really think female. that's it there are oh dude i don't spend too much time on twitter i mind. won't i can't I, yeah, i'm not yeah. going to yeah um, uh, be, because i i have read posts and i literally very rarely do i block people matter of fact i don't block these people but i do mute them uh if they keep going on long enough where it's like well that would never be she would never and i just want to say and i'm a huge star trek fan but it makes me pull that william shatner from saturday night live where i just want to scream dude it's a tv show <laughs> Yeah, yeah. None of this would that wouldn't be how it would work, really. Walk me through the Heisenberg compensators then. Because if you know how everything else would work, I want to get that transporter technology working. Anyway, so I think that is part of it. For some people, very few. I hope very few. But I think the other part about it is is that it does show that dysfunctional side of Star Trek. And I think to a lesser extent, some people have problems with lower decks because it does the same thing where you see the power differential between the ensigns, the lower class, you know, the, the new recruits versus what it is to be the captains yeah, and stuff like that. So I think that's why some people, but I love that. I think that's one of the things that, and to me, and I, I'll, I'll catch hate from some people for this, but to me, as somebody that grew up loving the original series, 
it has that same spirit as the original. So how many times did Kirk go, oh, that's our orders? Yeah, let's go over here instead, right? I, yeah, I, I, I agree with that. I, I'm just always curious. So we, and we're not going to, I'm not going to out him here, but we interviewed a celebrity, a super fan, and he didn't care for it, but he didn't want to go on record about it, right? Yeah, right. Well, we've had, we've had several. In and, fact, and that was the way, only question. There was only a couple of things he told us not to ask him. And that was yeah. one of them. Well, and I think that's one of the things, too, because it's one of the things that I struggle the most with is, and I, I've now watched it through, I'm on my third watch through, I guess, and uh, since it went off the air, I should say. Some of them I caught when they originally aired, but I don't have, and I know several people do, and I may, I may catch flack from this because we do have people that have watched our show because we've done Star Trek guests, yeah. and, and I know several of them that have posted things on Twitter or reshared us on Twitter are Voyager fans. I have a hard time with Voyager. That's the I, hardest one for me. It's the, my least favorite. Now it has some great talent. I, Bob Picardo is the doctor, Robert Picardo. I yeah. don't know why I felt like uh, why did Bob you, yeah. I don't Well, know you know, because Bob's been on the show and has answered our emails so many times. Anyway, BP and me, we were talking about, and I said, you BP. met him though. I've yeah. never met him. He's oh, the best one. That, and that he's is the, my he's... favorite story I have for meeting Robert Picardo. Though is I'm I'm at we're at the uh, we're at the convention and my wife bought me the tickets as our first anniversary. And we go up. And, hold on, hold on, James. Is this when you used to buy tickets? Yeah, that's when we used to be able to do things. <laughs> you ever do things? You used to be able to do that. Anyway, um, and we went up. We we were it was the 40th anniversary, so that tells you how long ago it was. And we. Uh, Nimoy and Shatner and all those, and that's why Dana bought me the tickets. And we went up and we got to meet him. It was all cool. But one of the other guests was Robert Picardo, and Dana didn't really know. And he's coming around doing table greetings, like they have it. We, we if we've ever been out. to one that was done by um, Creation, if Creation. you get the, as long as you get that gold ticket, gold platinum ticket, you're in good shape. You're not. Um, you're screwed. But that they, they did a dinner, a dessert social for the 40th anniversary, and the actors came out except for Shatner and Nimoy. But the act, everybody else came out and wandered around. And, and Robert Picardo was heading toward our table. And I'll never forget my wife stood up and screamed. In my memory, she screamed and pointed. But I don't, I think, but she literally grabbed my hand with one arm and went, Oh my God, that's Coach Cutlip. And I said, What? Coach Cutlip's here. And I said, What? And she goes, You know, from Wonder Years, it's Coach Cutlip. <laughs> And so in my mind, and actually once I tagged him on Twitter and I was like, hey, just FYI, my wife refers to you every time you're on screen, screen, screen as, hey, Coach Cutlip's in this show. <laughs> so there you go. Um, but anyway, I say all of that to say. Yeah, you lost um, me. Well, I say all of that to say with Voyager, I think my problem with Voyager is what some people are trying to. Well, I shouldn't say trying. If they If they feel this way, that's fine that it feels like it's rehashing certain things or it's trying to it's trying to become something else and my argument there is to me voyager the premise felt a lot like lost in space it was star trek lost in space and that's fine um but it didn't necessarily it, it didn't necessarily be everything i wanted it to be um, it's and again, the least of the shows. It and the animated series are the least of the shows. Well, and, and I said, and I know some people are diehard fans. And by the way, there's some episodes of Voyager that I do think are well done. Yeah. You, you and I have a friend who's a diehard fan because of Janeway, and there's a female captain, and and it meant, and it meant the world to her. Right? Well, and and I think there's some episodes that actually go okay. Well, 
it's the one that gets brought up the most on Twitter. And I've seen it actually lead to fights on Twitter, the entire Tuvix episode. And it is, that is a somewhat interesting. What happens? There's a transporter accident. Two characters are fused together, two box and Neelix, which, by the way, if you're going to fuse two characters together, you just fused Oscar and, and Felix together, mm-hmm. uh, the odd couple. But they become a new species, a new being. And they finally figure out how to separate them, but that being doesn't want to be destroyed. That is an interesting premise. And to the credit of, of, of uh, Kate Mulgrew, she's the one that, because even the doctor says, I can't make this decision. It violates my protocol. That is a living being, and we're going to, to bring other people back. We have to destroy it, and I cannot do that. That episode is good. And it gets to something that I don't think, but then you get other episodes like Threshold where, where uh, Janeway and uh, Tom Paris have lizard babies together. So, I mean, you know, it's like any other Star Trek. It's a mixed bag. Yeah, and that's, yeah. And my thing with Star, so Voyager is my least favorite, but with, with Voyager, and we're talking, we're supposed to be talking about Discovery, but Voyager is, it's still Star Trek. So there are redeeming episodes that I will watch to, for for whatever reason. It's not... When I say it's my least favorite, I'm still not bashing Voyager. It's just oh no no no. I will. Yeah. I mean, obviously, I'm, I'm. I just said I'm on my third watch through on Netflix, so I'm not exactly throwing stones here. But with Discovery, and I think this is why I, I enjoy Discovery as much, which is why DS9 is probably mm-hmm. my favorite Star Trek. It is. I will. I will not hold any. You know. Agreed. I, I won't lie. It is my favorite Star Trek, but Discovery is getting close to it, and I think it's the internal conflicts. The fact that you don't see those ex- ex- uh, internal conflicts on next gen, uh, you see a little bit with Bones in the original, and then yeah. Voy- Voyager, there's essentially none. Well, no, and that, and that's we also and Enterprise is kind of the same way. There, there's some minor squabbles, but nothing, and to the extent that DS9 in Discovery. No, no. Well, I was saying, and and that's what I was going to say with um, uh, the the the. Sorry, I had brain freeze all of a sudden. That's okay. Oh, my God, the COVID brain spreading. Uh, <laughs> I told you he gave it to us. He gave us the Edward Furlong. Don't ask. It's only funny in my head. But well, go know, ahead, James. Well, what I wanted, so I wanted to bring this up because Star Trek Discovery was announced way back in yesteryear in the pre-COVID days. And the in year that at the time was called 2015. Yes. 2015. Now, One 20- year before the world went to shit. 2015. Did you say was, one year? One year before. Oh, I was like, that's way before COVID. Now I know what you're talking about. <laughs> yes. Before we got to, before we got Agent Orange. Oh, uh, anyway. Um, so 2015 was a bad year for Star Trek fans because we lost Leonard Nimoy and Anton Yelchin. Oh, you know where he's at. He's in a grave somewhere. Or is he? Cut to Genesis Planet. Do, do, do. <laughs> I just pissed uh, off one of our super fans, Mary. I'm sorry. <laughs> she loves Leonard Nimoy. I, I'm sure he was a nice guy. I'm sorry. He was nice, but nice to me. Very nice to my wife. Yeah. Uh, but I'm sure he was, as he, what, you know, kept, you know, staring at her breasts. I, well, me and him had that in common. See, we had a lot. In common. <laughs> anyway. <Yeah>. anyway. Um, <laughs> my so, turn to look. <laughs> Sorry, keep going, James. Listen, if Spock wants to, <laughs> Spock wa- wants what the Spock wants. If, if he wants to have pawn far with my missus, I take that as a compliment. 
Oh, oh well, Spock, by the way, Spock wants to dock on those boobies. <laughs> by the way, I just want to say this is probably going to lead to my divorce. That one line that'll be the breaking point. She's held on this anyway. Uh, what Spock like docking? 2015. It's kind of like space docking, Chad. Only it's bad. Go keep going, James. So we we so the Star Trek relaunch in, of the films 2009, the Kelvin Universe, all of that stuff uh, happened, and it looked like things were going well. Then the Nimoy passed away. The last Star Trek movie underperformed, um, though it still made money and will mm-hmm. continue to do so. Uh, but and and now we're by the way, they announced this week that a new script, a third script. We had Quentin Tarantino's out there for a while. We had. Actually, I guess this is a fourth attempt. They're going to... Anyway, more on that for the second episode. I'll, I'll pull up some stuff. But 2015, there was also this survey that was done, and I found this fascinating because it never occurred to me this way because one of the risks of doing Star Trek Discovery was that for younger generations, it had been off the air their li- during their lifetime. Like I think about, I, I got exposed to the original series before the next generation came out when I was. But he said more after exposed, but mm-hmm. keep going. Um, but so there was a, to uh, the author. So Walt Hickey, not Walter Hickey, Walt Hickey, uh, did an article for five eight uh, five thirty eight, which is a website that tracks movies and politics and stuff like that, and. The title of his article, written November 2nd, 2015, was Star Trek Needs This New Show to Win the Next Generation. And in it, he includes a survey that was done that says, depending on your age group, how much of your life has Star Trek been on the air? Going back to people that were born in 1940 through people born in 2000, uh, I think about 15. And it never occurred to me, but one of the things that he says is a Star Trek show has been on TV for at least a large portion of most American lives. For a 28-year-old born in 1987, again, this was written in 1928, or 1915. Uh, <laughs> dude. Not, 2017. Dude. 2015. 2015 is what I was going uh, Anyway, a Star Trek show uh, for a 28-year-old born 1987, for example, a live-action Star Trek program has been on the tube for 68% of their lives. But if you jump forward to anybody born after 2005 there was no such critter yeah now well there's certain people of our age and we've worked with them all three of us have who who watch the next generation all the time in syndication they yeah. watched uh, almost almost said battle space nine <laughs> <laughs> they watched let's write that battle, battle space, space oh, I, oh we'll call it battle space 10 anyway. yeah well look, corman will do it right corman, corman you and anyway uh and voyager no. you're right and th- they had that on for was it almost a 15 year run in uh, from 19, 1987 till 2005 that's 18 straight years of, right. of star trek usually two shows on at once is that two is that considered two generations uh i mean probably for definitely Close for television to, yes. yeah yeah and, and so one of the things that also came up in the survey then was he did a follow-up to the survey and he actually called the results of the survey. He titles it, if they don't live longer, franchises won't prosper. And his argument was that in when you surveyed these diehard Star Trek fans and looked at their age, the biggest group of fans were 45 to 60 in 2015. Really? 
And then 18 to 29, 32% of 18 to 29 year olds said that they at least had somewhat of a knowledge of Star Trek. But 49, so 50% of people when the survey was taken said, yes, die hard, 45 to 60 years of age, almost half the people they surveyed. That, and then you see that drop for 1829, and below that, it drops dramatically, significantly down, because there was no new ones on. And so unless you had somebody introduce you, unless you had a parent or an older sibling that was a fan, you weren't yeah. going to know. So I went back and pulled this article and did some of this quote-unquote historical research here, because I think it's important to put this in perspective about when they were doing this show, it was not without risk that, you know, has the time of Star Trek passed on? Now, that argument, by the way, happened when they did a certain show and not, and when they greenlit a certain show in early 1986 about this next generation as well. Yeah. And, and, and that's the thing. As and we they did about, the most confusing show episode ever, Encounter at Farpoint, that no one can still explain the damn plot to. Well, and I was going to say, and the flip side of that um, was that there was this other, that that's, and, and what I wanted to get to when we were talking about people hating Discovery, go back and read the comments of when Star Trek's The Next Generation came out. They were brutal to much of that show. Matter of fact, George Takei even said uh, they watched the first three or four episodes of The Next Generation. And he, uh, I think he did an interview once where they asked him what he thought of it. And he had only seen through like The Naked Now, which is basically just a remake of The Naked Time from the original series. And his critique was, we've already done all this. <laughs> They're doing the same. It's terrible. Mm -hmm. And he said later on, of course, as the show went on and it created its own path, he was, yeah, it's great now. And, and so that's what I will say. I will, would imagine that if we could jump forward five, six years, all this, all the things that people are saying about Discovery will feel what like what people were saying about the next generation when it came out. Mm -hmm. That's my bet. But anyway. So what do you all like about it? I do like the character. I, I think it's interesting because I think one of the tricks that Discovery pulls pretty well is that it's the first Star Trek show where the human commentary is done by a human. And what I mean by that is, if you go back, you see the original series, Spock is our gateway to, to human commentary. The Next Generation had data, um, or if you're Dr. Pulaski, data. Um, and then, you know, Deep Space Nine, you had Odo. But even though we have Saru in Discovery, or the Doctor in Voyager, even though we have Saru and Discovery, most of the commentary about how difficult it is to understand humans is actually done by Burnham, Michael Burnham, because she was raised by Vulcans. Well, yeah. And, and that's because of a, a, a war with the Klingons. Yep. Which, again, sets up the original series nicely. Why did Kirk have issues with the, uh, the Klingons? Well, there you go. So... Um, does you want to let's go through the history the one of the so when we heard about this series what did we get excited about well it was nicholas meyer was attached at one point you had brian fuller who brian fuller was going to be the showrunner and yeah. all, we're all fans brian fuller made the brilliant um i forgot what i was going to say hannibal he started out writing would you say hannibal yeah yeah hannibal and then the pie killer guy thing too that's another good show oh what's it pushing called? daisies pushing daisies 
uh, Brian Fuller has a distinct voice for television. And did the underappreciated and never ordered the series, but they did air the pilot, uh, Mockingbird Lane. The Mock- I've still never seen that. I don't even oh, see either. that at. Uh, it was um, it was available. Uh, they streamed it once on TV Live, and then for a while you could stream it um, through, I want to say, ABC's website because they aired it for Halloween, but I, I don't know if that's still available there or not. Hmm. But Eddie Izzard as Grandpa Munster was... It's a darker show, by the way, than than the monster. He didn't last long. Nicholas Meyer didn't last past the first season on the rotting staff. But I, I like I said, once I got past the pilot and got into the second episode and it kind of took off, I fell in love with it. And I think the reason why I was able to on that first season is I just loved um what's his face's character of why can't i think of i'm sorry i had it pulled up jason jason isaac's character jason isaac's to me is one of the most underrated actors working today Mm -hmm. yeah and the fact that he only lasted one season on that show for obvious reasons drives me crazy but he was fantastic he was because to me and i've said this on the here all the time melodrama is only as good as its villain and damn he's a good villain do you think by the way and, and and I guess we're going to get spoiler. I'm just going to go whole hog in it. There's a conspiracy theory that we're going to see him again, but it will I actually hope. be it will actually be him, him, not the other him. Right. And, and that we'll see that when Pike has to go and rescue him or something. So. Right for the for for what's that show going to be called? Strange New World. Strange New World. No, it's going to be called Star Trek. Strange New Worlds. Thank you, Chad. You're welcome. So I'll, Chad, be for, you still- I'll be here for another five minutes. I, I loved him. I love Saru. Yeah. Saru's great. And I, you know, I love, uh, you know, I even like some of the chemistry, like James and I were talking and like one of the best chemistry in the, in the show is Reno and Stamet. Yep. Yeah. And I'm hoping I get more of that so far. I'm not getting enough of it in my opinion. Well, and, I, and I'm, I'm a little bit disappointed spoilers, I guess, but in season four, which they're filming right now due to COVID. And because if you know anything about Tignatero who plays, uh, Jet Reno, mm-hmm. she has a history. She's a breast cancer survivor, and she had to limit her travel, so she's not going to be in it as much as they had originally written. And I was like, well, at least she's still going to be in it. But I was like, oh, I literally could watch just a show of Stamets and Reno going back yeah. and forth. Of they are, yeah, they are the Kirk and Spock, or I'm sorry, the McCoy and Spock that I want, yeah. uh, and they do it so well. And they even have that little. I mean, they know that they don't get along but they still have that i guess playfulness about it uh especially as we see by the end of season three i mean i don't know how you guys feel i even like tilly because i feel like star trek, about to say. star trek has not had a tilly i i did not care for her chad at first and then she grew on me and then when i heard her, is she the first one or is it stamets the other reason i like it is because is it her stamets that says fuck for the first time in star trek history she does she does. she does because he actually because she says it and then she goes oh my god i'm so sorry and he says something like no no say it. <laughs> say it. and then he right. says it and then it goes on yeah it uh that's another reason why i love the show not because they're saying fuck but but they're making people i like it for similar reasons that i also like orville orville is just the next generation they took the next generation and pretended that Instead of pretending these weren't humans, 
they put human people in those next generation plots, right? Yeah. Plus, Norm MacDonald is a slime monster, so I'm all for that. <laughs> Yay, Orville Norman. Yay, Orville. I literally, I like Norm. Norm and, and Orville. No, and I agree. I love Orville, too. Matter of fact, I, I, I keep too. waiting for season three. Yeah. Come on, Hulu. Get to it. Um, so I like I, I'm with Chad. I didn't like her at first, and then she grew. In fact, I was watching it and smiling last night on episode four that she's in. I I will tell if, you, there's there. there I'm, I'm sorry, I don't mean to keep cutting you off, but there's one interaction between Giorgio, uh, uh, Colbert, Stamets, and Tilly's in the room, and she turns around and goes, "What just happened?" I fell on. I, I laughed so hard, I almost woke up my entire family. It was her comedic timing is excellent you know what i love about that character because if i was watching uh, my wife didn't start watching until season three um because i she watched like one or two episodes with me but then i would just watch them around and then she wasn't really interested and then for some reason the kids started to watch season three with me is what it boiled down to and i haven't even got them to go back and do season one i keep pushing them but yeah but anyway they they all love it because they started with season three and uh I looked at Dana and I was like, now listen, uh, there's a character that reminds me of you sometime. Do not take that as an insult, but it's Tilly. And the reason, and from the first season, she is more than capable, but she is so filled with self-doubt and so concerned about everything and how will this look and how will, and how do I get promoted and how do I do this and how do I do that? That I was like, oh my God, it's like having a conversation with my wife sometimes. <laughs> And, and, and I say all that because I think that's what makes that character really, really human for me is that there is that those moments of, you know, and I think also there is that all just like you said, you know, she drops the F-bomb, but it's also one of those things where what would you say in a situation like that? Absolutely. Um, the other person I want to talk a little bit about is Doug Jones, whom we've all three have met. And if you ever get a chance to go to a convention and you think, oh, man, I'd love to meet Doug Jones. Doug Jones is everything you think he's going to be. And then another 50 percent. Yeah. Yeah. He's uh, I have and I can say this. And the other two can say this. We've met a lot of people at conventions. A lot of people. We've worked with them behind the walls at conventions. So we've seen them just as people. Doug Jones is one of the sweetest human beings you'll ever meet in your entire life and is wonderful to fans. Wonderful. Yeah. And it's, it's, it, it warms the cockles of my heart. Well, not that. I mean, he's had a great career, but that he is now, what is Doug Jones is at least 60, right? He's, he's in the sixties. Yeah. He's 60. And has probably got the biggest, best role of his career. Yeah. And well, now go ahead. I mean, he had done things that were noteworthy before, but oh, as of far course, as having, of course, Del Toro was giving him wonderful, yeah, yeah. wonderful parts. But I mean, that's what I'm about to say. I mean, Star Trek. Well, now is it Star Trek Captain? Yeah, we'll, we'll talk about yeah. that in the next episode. Yeah. We'll talk about that in the next episode. But Saru, and they gave him a good backstory. Yeah, yeah. Well, and that, and and I, I guess jumping back to what people, you know, the the, the commentary is that I've heard some people make about why they have struggle with Star Trek Discovery. I've even heard some people say, well, if there's all these Kelpians, why haven't we seen them anywhere else? And I'm like, did you make the same argument with, with uh, Enterprise? If there's these Denobulans, where are all the other Denobulans? I'm like, yeah, you can, 
the only one that gets away with that is Deep Space Nine because they made Odo for a while the only one of its kind till we spoiler found out where he came from. What well, isn't that? Isn't DS Nine? Isn't that where we got introduced to the Trill as well? The Trill weren't yeah. in any of the other uh, ones. No, they're so. in one Next Generation episode. My apologies. Are they really? Yes, because Rocker has to temporarily serve I as a host, which humans him, can't I do. I don't remember. Which humans can't do. He has to temporarily serve as a host. Um, but the drills at that point did not have the, the spots or anything. It was, they looked just human, and you found out they had a worm in them. Um, but Ew. yes, it's, it's in one episode of The Next Generation, and Riker has to temporarily serve as a host until they can find a, a more suitable host. And it, it's, I mean, it's, it almost kills Riker. I'm, um, I'm vaguely remembering that episode now. So yeah, yeah. And so, uh, but yeah, yeah. I, I, again, I think that. Um, so yeah, I just wanted to bring that up because I have heard people say that. Well, if there's all these Kelpians, why don't we see them in any other series? And I'm like, I, I'm not going to like, go down this rabbit hole. Oh my god, people! Everything. It's Star Trek. It's brave. Uh, just shut up. Just enjoy the ride. <laughs> Listen, that's if what I his wife get, says to him too. If I don't get a lieutenant, shut up, Chad, and enjoy the ride. If I don't get a lieutenant commander that's a Horta in one of these spinoffs. <laughs> Well, fans we, hopefully we'll get this is a bitch i know you've said and actually i agree with it too mate hopefully now we'll get some corn oh yeah yeah well and that's the thing too um you know it's, it's the thing i love about star trek is also what's so complicated about star trek and part of it is because roddenberry did just rehash a lot of and again i we've said it before if you haven't seen chaos on the bridge panic on the bridge or chaos on the bridge it doesn't chaos. matter one of them just Look go it Google it. You'll find it. It's badminton on the bridge. No, it's not. Uh, watch. You need to check out that movie though, because it is. It's phenomenally well done. It's top listening to us right now. Um, it, it, we'll wait. Come, go watch it. Come back. Come back. But, but you, back? you know, it, it mentions that um, Roddenberry did originally just think we'll just recycle the original series. If people liked it. We'll do it again. And let's. And I, I think that's a little bit of the problem because as we, we had Peter David as a guest on our show and I love the novel Q squared, but even talking about us, I, I love Q squared. And he goes, yeah, because Trelane Q is just Trelane rewritten. Yeah. And, and so I think that's one of the things because yeah, I mean, the, that's one of the reasons Star Trek fan fiction is so rich because so much of it would be like, yeah, what happened if Trelane and Q fought? Well, I don't know. It'd be cool to watch. So all these things that could happen, people are like, well, what about this? What about this? And for some people, it, it pulls them away from the show. For others, it brings them further in. Uh, what are other things that you guys like about it? So I love the characters. I love the special effects. There's things that drive, drove me a little crazy at first that they've kind of fixed. And I don't want to go in too much into to our second episode. I love, and I didn't think I would. It took me a little bit, but I do love the fact that they fished out that artwork from uh, Phase Two or the original motion picture artwork, yeah, uh, that was done by uh, what's his name? The, the he worked on Star Wars. Um, uh, the, Ralph McQuarrie. Yeah, the design of the Discovery was basically a a discarded idea they had for how they could retrofit the Enterprise, and somebody just went, "No, we're going to make this. We're going to make it work. We're going to." And I love that. I, I at first I was like, oh, I don't know. It doesn't fit with the rest of the. Especially once I found out it was set, you know, before Captain Kirk. I was like, that does it. But then, once I got into it, and the entire, the entire Black Alert 
travel system, the, uh-huh. the mycelial network and all that stuff. I was like, yeah, no, okay, I'm good with it now. It makes sense. I'm, I'm, I'm along for the ride. You got me. And so I, I do think that's cool. I think it's, it's interesting that they didn't say, oh, here's another Constitution class starship that looks like all the other ones that the original series used because they just reused models. Uh, so one of the other things that i really like about it and we're getting a little bit into season two is anson mount as pike i didn't and once again the first episode or two when when they reintroduced them and introduced spock young spock i was like i wasn't quite on board and then as the season went i just got totally on board and love it his earnestness which at first was off-putting if that makes sense to you all have you all watched the short tricks yet no. Yes, I've watched all of them. Yes. Okay, so you, you've seen that. There's a there's a very good short trick that I think actually does a good job of if you've never seen the original series showing the human part of Spock, and basically the plot to it yeah. is Una number one and Spock are stuck in an elevator, a turbo lift. They're stuck in a turbo lift together, and they they have to figure out how to pass the time. Yep. Uh, but I really like. Anson Mount's version of Pike. I really do. Um, honestly, I like it more than British Bruce Greenwood's. Really? Yeah, I think he's great as Captain Pike. Well, but I know, Bruce, but I just love Bruce. Bruce Greenwood had the, him and Peter Weller had the best lines in both of those movies, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, so I was going to say. Bruce Greenwood had that, your dad saved, blah, blah, blah. Oh, my yeah. God. It is fan-fucking-tastic. No, that, well, that, that, that line, line is great. That you know what I mean? Chad is like, that is like no, I that's dare one of you those, to do better. I, yeah, I that's just, one of the oh, best lines. That is an shivers, amazing line. But, shivers. however, mm. I feel like Anson Mount brings a little bit more to the Pike character. Well, that's, probably does. And what I want to say that that Jesus and Bruce Greenwood didn't. <laughs> oh man don't don't Jeffrey Hunter. Don't, Jeffrey Hunter. don't bring down the jesus <laughs> Jeffrey hunter good enough to play our lord and savior but not good enough to bring back for a second pilot uh anyway um <laughs> i had to do it uh oh, by the way i just want to say though the thing about that is and i agree but i think you're both right because bruce greenwood's pike, bruce greenwood's pike is a foil to get kirk where he needs to be anson mount's pike is his own character and that's yeah. narratively, they serve the purposes they have to serve. And so I, I agree, like both of them, uh, and, and that's what I think is one of those things that as I, uh, you think about what the character is supposed to be. And there's all these people, by the way, on, uh, on Twitter, because I love talking to Star Trek people on Twitter and, and following conversations on that, that keep saying, okay, when is he going to bring in horses? There has to be scenes with horses because in the cage, he talks about his love of horses and things like that. And then some people are like, are we finally going to get to see old Archer? Because Archer loved water polo. And maybe we can do a, a pike Archer. Chad, what's the problem with water polo? Drowning the horses, you see. What did I say? Is your name Chad? Is your name Chad? No, your name that's, I was, Chad. I was building up to it, though, because he would have water where credit's polo. Due, George polo. Carlin. Nakatomi, yeah. never forget. Yeah. Anyway, now. I can but, get those floaties on those horses and it wouldn't have to. <laughs> No, Chad, don't take it one too far. It's cruel <laughs> to the horses. They had the joke. George knew where to end it. Keep going, James. Horse horse floaties are huge, by the way. You ever see a horse floaties? <laughs> yeah, but it's usually on its back dead down a river. <laughs> well, horse floaties, by the way, have a human head on them. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, no, I, 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 and I think that's what I, I, I give credit to Discovery though, because I think Discovery has done a great job and and uh, 
you know, the, allegedly they're, they're plotted out through 2027 for this expanding Star Trek universe. We're getting Prodigy, which is a children's show. The same to children. And actually, some people are online were upset about that. Why are they making a TV show for kids? Because we need fans that will be around in 50 years. <laughs> That's why they're doing it. Let me walk you through marketing 101. Let me go back to that article from 2015. Anyway, but I think none of that, and, you know, Strange New Worlds allegedly was not, I mean, it was going to be, Pike was going to be one-off one season, much like Lorca. But fans responded so positively, according to, um, why am I blanking on uh, Orsi's writing partner's name? Uh, Kurtzman. Is that true? Kurtzman. Really? Kurtzman, Kurtzman has said that they, you know, that they thought they well, got we were, Rebecca Romaine and him, and they were only going to do one season with him. Yep, that's allegedly that's you can look read interviews with him. He thought now he thought it was a great get, especially Rebecca Romaine. No offense meant to Anson Mount, but he thought, oh, and of course, you know, if you were Rebecca Romaine, if you're going to play a Star established Star Trek character, why wouldn't you play one? By the, the way, if he ever plays. listens to this show, Ethan Peck's going to go, hey. <laughs> I missed the joke. He spot um, Joe. Oh, I had no idea what the actor's name was. It's, See, it's that's Gregory, how little I give two shits. His, He's okay. He his, had his scraggly beard. His grandfather was a hack named Gregory. Oh, is that, is that seriously? You didn't is that know that? Lineage? Seriously? Didn't, yeah. No, that I, is, did his grandfather's know that. Gregory I didn't know Peck. that. You could, well, you know what? I'm sure I could, but I'll take your word for it. Um, I don't know enough to argue. But Kurtzman actually said that the first show, the decision they made that was purely driven by the fan response was Strange New World. And that's why it was not announced immediately after the season ended. They had to get all the contracts in line. And so if you look at season two, season two had been ended for a while before they, matter of fact, the only thing that started to give it away was Anson Mount kept getting asked on Twitter, is this going to happen? Could it happen? Could it happen? And finally, I think it was about three months after the season ended, he changed his location on Twitter to just say Strange New Worlds. And then everybody was like, oh, he's giving us a hint. And sure enough, he was. I, I, yeah. the I contract. mean, that's the and one that's, I'm most excited about. I'm more yeah. excited about that than I am a new movie. Well, and, and, and that's the other thing I should say as well. Some fans are also upset with Discovery because it doesn't, it's not episode contained. And, mm-hmm. and Kurtzman has said with Strange New Worlds, they yes, there will be threads that continue right. between but it will not be this overarching thing it's going to be episodic mm-hmm. and so some fans also said we just want episodes we want something we can watch in an hour an hour and 10 minutes and and just enjoy so mm-hmm. that is a critique some fans have is that you know discovery it does have episodes but it is not you don't get everything resolved in that hour and 10 minutes no and so but and back on pike the reason why i like season two of him as pike is because yeah we've had Bruce Greenwood yeah we've had Jesus who have <laughs> don't you blow off Jesus and Gregory Peck Jr. But, but you never get the hold on uh, uh, I got a cough oh that's a lung did y'all see that lung flap oh my if you're god not watching on if you're not watching on I YouTube. actually thought he said he I have a call and I was I <laughs> muted myself and it was flipped to going because I was looking something up about discovery and I thought what who's calling him by the way our viewers are gonna love uh watching this on YouTube watching me as we've progressed through this as me having a runny nose me turning off the mic to cough me turning off the, the mic to 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 just have a complete facial breakdown here as this this covid 
uh, vaccine is, is just COVID killing just me. COVID. But anyway, um, the reason I like Pike in season two of, of Discovery is because in all the other iterations, we've never really gotten a sense of, well, why is he so important to the story? You know, what, why is he important to the mythos of, of Enterprise? And we start to see that here. We start to see how, like, Kirk had a had huge, huge shoes to fill when he took over the Enterprise because Pike is amazing. And honestly, if Pike had done one thing, if he if Fates hadn't got him, according to season two, he would have ended up on that bridge with Malcolm McDowell. Yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> and, and that's the same thing. And a lot of fans are also hoping because it is now canon. Because going back to that computer screen in Discovery season one, where Saru asked for best captains, Captain Robert April was on there. And if you're a diehard Star Trek fan, you know he was the first captain to take out the Enterprise. And so another thing a lot of fans are hoping hoping is that we'll get to meet an Admiral Robert April or something to see whose shoes Pike had to fill. It's been established outside of the things. And it all goes back to, by the way, the original proposal for the show when Roddenberry first pitched it, it was Captain Robert April. Yeah. And it eventually evolved. Now, that being said, so th that's a, a lot of fans are hopeful because it will fill in those gaps, like you're talking about, Chad, that, you know, Kirk did have, I mean, Pac was a hero. Yeah. He was, he was a big deal. And then Kirk was the youngest person to achieve the rank of captain. And he's got to come in and take, not only is he the youngest, but then he's got to fill in for Pike. That's, that's a great point in and of itself. Um, but yeah, by the way, Joe, I just looked this up real quick. Uh, these characters were first introduced in the original Star Trek series, and then the, these actors, talking about the new actors, were cast in the roles for Star Trek season, uh, Discovery Season 2. Due to positive fan response, Kurtzman expressed interest in trying to bring the actors back in their own spinoff series. Uh, he began development in March 2020, and uh, this show he paramount plus agreed to order it officially in may 2020 that's how quickly that turnaround was but it was due to fan response huh so by the way if you don't believe people are listening to you it's not that they're not fans it's that your ideas are bad <laughs> <laughs> anyway let me pitch trelane now trelane will be an entire show where we follow trelane on adventures <laughs> oh all right but so you know I uh, I do want to say the other thing Discovery did that I appreciated was bring back classic characters from the original series that I love in some way, including Harcourt Fenton Mudd. Yes, agreed. And Mudd was always kind of a comedic character in the original series, but you could tell that he had a sinister edge and Discovery showed that, much like uh, Chad was saying with Pike, we got to see a, a mud that was, I mean, he's still funny at times, but he's also downright vicious. And you can tell that by the time Kirk gets to him and he's older, why he's still on the run. Yeah. And, and I appreciated uh, Rain Wilson as Pike. I didn't, or as, I'm sorry, as uh, mud. I didn't, I like Rain Wilson. I didn't know though. I was, I was concerned. And then I saw it and I'm like, no, that's mud. He nails it. It's yeah, no, they've done. They did a really good job of bringing him back and the for the fans certain characters, and then they've done an excellent job of casting. Yeah, yeah. There's a good character actor who's playing a villain whom I'm assuming is coming back. Uh, where I'm watching season three, whom I'm assuming is going to come back later in that season. 
I think I know the one that you're talking about. And yes, yeah, uh, I can see that and, one coming a mile away. And by the way, there's if you are are watching the other thing that I like about the show is they're casting uh, Kurtzman or whoever is doing the casting. I appreciate because they also have. I'm just going to say their geek bona fides are in order. You have uh, Margot Kidder's, um, I believe, niece playing a character. And I didn't know it was Margot Kidder's niece, but I'm like, she looks familiar. She looks familiar. She's in makeup. But I know that. Sure enough, I was like, oh, yeah, she looks like a young Margot Kidder. Yeah. Um, and Who so. What are uh, you talking about? How far are you into season three? I don't want to Episode five. Yeah um have you met season three don't worry about it i'll wait we'll wait till next week yeah yeah you'll 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 see more of her the other thing that i do like as well and talking about the casting um y'all are probably far enough in season three i know we're going to talk about this but i love the fact that they play around with the admirals a little bit The, the admirals in discovery are um they've always been problematic in star trek everywhere i mean kirk always had his run ins with them but whether we're talking about before season three or after the admirals still don't get a great shake they're not great people initially but i think discovery humanizes them a lot more yeah so all right guys so is anything else you want to say about the first two seasons before we come back and kind of talk about some episodes and a few things for next week's um no i'm talking about the casting and chad referred to this earlier probably hold a gun to my head and i would not have thought this from the first episode and i've said this before i think my favorite character is stamets and i think it was established for me in the first season because stamets is the creator of the technology that powers that ship and for a while he's the only key that turns that engine so to speak that being said and and again going back to joe's point captain Lorca and him do not always see eye to eye and there's a great conversation that happens between them that I think captures one of the biggest challenges of Star Trek. Is it a military? Is Starfleet military? Yeah. Or are they exploration? And there's an entire scene where Stamet says, this is my creation. I did this. And, you know, Lorca basically responds, this is our war and we have to win it. Not in those words, but it's that great moment between those two. And I think that's for me in the first season when I'm like, God, Stamets is a fascinating character. And it happens a couple more times in the show where he gets that moment of, do I still want to even be here? And yet he keeps showing up. And I think there's something to that that, I, that has endeared me to that character. Yeah. Great. Well cast too. Anthony Rapp is Stamets. So. Yeah. Chad, anything else? No, I'm good. I can't wait for next episode. Chad, uh, real quick, I, yes. I know other people can't see this. What does your full comment say? Coconut is finger what? Nails. Oh, that's not true, Chad. I don't think you understand anything about the agriculture that affects the growth of coconut. Because, you know, it's not the taste. It's the texture. And with that, thank you so much for tuning in to Bonehead Weekly, where next week we'll be Jesus just didn't like enthralling. coconut either, James. <laughs> I don't think that's true, Chad. I don't, I don't, I don't know enough to argue with you, but I don't think, I don't think you're quoting the Bible, sir. You know what he did with that lime? He just ate the damn lime and threw the coconut in the shit. Oh, you mean with your dreams? (laughs) They're all dead and buried.
Thanks for tuning in to Bonehead. Grrrr. <laughs>